Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We're presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We got Championship Sunday. First game in the NFL on that Championship Sunday. Baltimore Ravens, number one seed hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. NFC Championship game later on that day, 6.30 Eastern time. Number one seed San Francisco hosting the Detroit Lions. Going to talk about that. Other NFL matters with a man who played in the NFL like Harry Douglas. Now does a great job like Harry Douglas as a football analyst. He is Sam Acho of ESPN. Hit him on social media at the Sam Acho. Sam, I'll start with this one right now. When it comes to Kansas City versus Baltimore, we finally get this matchup. Patrick Mahomes versus, versus Lamar Jackson in a playoff game. If I say which quarterback was more of a game changer than the other, who was your answer and why? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great question. For, hmm. Who was more of a game changer in this matchup? Mm-hmm. I would say Lamar in this matchup. Now, overall, of course, Patrick Mahomes is a game changer in every game. We saw it last week with that big run down the sideline. But I think for this game, the way Lamar's been playing this year under Todd Monken, and then obviously maybe having Mark Andrews back, who knows how healthy he's going to be with Isaiah Likely and his excellence. And you go to Zay Flowers, and then you think about even earlier in the season and even what they've done a lot this year, where it's almost like you have three different offenses in one with Todd Monken and, and, and the way he schemes it up. It's almost like one series, you'll have Lamar Jackson that's strictly a drop-back passer. Then the next series, you'll have Lamar Jackson do zone read, so it's more of the run game. The next series, you'll say, okay, man, drop back, but if you see it, take it, take off and run. And so, like, I think that makes it difficult to defend. And so I think for this game, I think Lamar may end up being the difference maker. Uh, But they're both – I mean, like you say, game changer. I'm like, man, like, even if Mahomes isn't explicitly changing the game, you could tell by the way everyone plays around him, he's changing it as well. No, that's a good point. Amen. Let me ask you this. When it comes to Kansas City and their defense, what's the best way for them to try to contain and slow Lamar Jackson down in this matchup? Man, that's a great question. I think part of it is is to contain him. I think the way to try to slow him down, I think part of it is to contain him. Kansas City doesn't blitz so often. Um, some teams love to try and blitz, and, and Kansas City isn't one of those teams. And so if I'm trying to slow down Lamar, I'm thinking, okay, well, who are his weapons? Of course, think about the run game. Justice Hill has done a really good job. But also you're thinking, okay, what does like how do I stop or slow down Isaiah Likely, right? Six tuds, I think, in the last six or so games. And then what will Mark Andrews bring? What dynamic will that bring? What will Zay Flowers bring? How will they like how do I it's almost like how do I make all those other guys factors and make Lamar not a factor, at least with his legs. You know what I mean? I feel like and it's hard, but you have to take away something as a defense. Okay, maybe we can take away his legs, force him to be a pocket passer. Now he's proven he can do it this season, but at least there's not that extra level of of like that dynamic running game that he has. And so maybe it's not bringing pressure. Maybe it's rushing with four, 
right? Maybe it is bringing, uh, Harry, you'll know this well, replacement zones. Maybe you're bringing four, but you're bringing an inside linebacker. Maybe you're dropping somebody else. Maybe, I mean, like, that's the hard part, right? Like, I still, I'm really thinking, okay, who's going to cover Andrews? Mm-hmm. Who's going to try and slow down uh, likely if they're targeted? That's what I'm really more thinking about in this matchup. And I, I, I'm, I'm real high on, on Kansas City's uh, linebackers, right? Drew Tranquil got a chance to step up last week, first year with the team. He's been outstanding. Um, you know, but that's what I'm really going to be looking at. How are they going to try and slow down some of those weapons? So, Sam, here's what kind of concerns me for Kansas City defense. If, you know, the Baltimore Ravens decide that they want to get in 13 personnel, that's one running back, three tight ends, and I'm putting Patrick Ricard as one of those tight ends. But then they decide that, you know what, we're going to flex Mark Andrews and we're also going to flex Isaiah Likely. How how, How are the Kansas City Chiefs going to be able to defend that knowing that they have big people on the football field, but you have these athletic tight ends that can make plays in the passing game. See, that's what I was thinking about, Harry. Like, when you see – so you go and watch – you watch me say, okay, man, Ricard, like, when – in November, like, when when Mark Andrews went down, Ricard obviously has been a part of the game plan, but you saw in that game on the 19th against the uh, Bengals, uh, Ricard was a, a bigger part in a lot of ways, at least in my opinion, of that game plan. And so, okay, what if you go with Ricard and likely, right, those – those two tight ends, then you, or sorry, Ricard, or you go with Ricard as a fullback, then likely in Andrews as the two tight ends. But I, I, it, it, I, to me, that sounds more of a, hey, we want to run the ball mentality, right? And sure, you can spread them out. But to me, that still seems more of, hey, we want to like out physical you. you. We want to get big on you, which is fine. But I just don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if the Ravens will be able to keep up that style if they end up giving up anything on defense like that's the, that's the issue with me okay we're gonna get big we're gonna slow the game down but if Mahomes goes off for a couple of touchdowns you may need to get out of that 22 personnel or 13 however you want to call it depending on how you define Ricard and you may want to try and spread it out more which I think is is probably Baltimore's better method right I think Zay Flowers is going to benefit even more from having Mark Andrews active because now all of a sudden eyes will be on yes likely but they'll be on Andrews and then all of a sudden Zay Flowers may be able to make some shake across the middle. Great stuff by Sam Acho, ESPN football analyst. And I'm on Twitter. This Sam Acho joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN radio. All that being said, who do you got winning the AFC championship game and why? Oh man. Um, I got to go. Ooh! <laughs> See so much of me. Let me be real. Let me just be real with you guys for like 30 seconds. Okay. Um, I, I want to choose Baltimore, right? Like their defense has been dominant, right? We see, I played with Roquan, you know how great of a team they are, right? And, and it's almost like, this seems like it's their year. Um, but it seems like every time I go against Mahomes, this just don't work. Last week I was thinking, oh man, Buffalo, they have to do it. This is their year. And what did Patrick Mahomes did he do? He won again, right? That's like what Tom Brady's been doing consistently. When he was playing, he just found ways to win. And so like me wants to choose, I want to choose Baltimore. Um, and I will. I will. I'm going to go Baltimore. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Baltimore. <laughs> you don't sound uh, confident about that at all. I don't. I don't. But I'm going to go Baltimore. And I think part of it is is Lamar. But I think more so I think it's Baltimore's defense. And I don't think it's been disrespected by any stretch of the imagination. But there's so much talk about, about the offense and Andrews. And it's like, hold on. Like, I think Roquan and Kyle Hamilton and Justin Matabike on the inside. Some of these guys are like, hey, man, like, we could be the answer. Right, we want the solution to solve Patrick Mahomes. Like we are that, right? And so I think that's what I look at more so in this matchup. I'm not saying they're going to be able to contain Mahomes, or maybe there'll be a play or two that happens in that game. 
that that the defense makes the difference. So the later game on Sunday, we have the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Detroit Lions. When it comes to the quarterback position between Brock Purdy and Jared Goff, who do you have more confidence in? I have more, I have more confidence in this game in, in Brock Purdy. Um, and part of it goes to, I think, that the San Francisco D-line is going to be harassing Detroit. And the reason I say that is, yes, Detroit's offensive line has been and is it their, it's their focal point. But they're playing with a backup left guard. A backup left guard, you know, jo- uh, Jonah Jackson got injured last week. And all of a sudden, backup comes in, gives up four pressures. And I'm, if I'm Eric Armstead on the inside, if I'm uh, Javon Kinlaw, who's having, in his, in, in his estimation, a breakout year, finally healthy, right, three and a half sacks over, you know, in the top half of the league in pressures. Um, if I'm Javon Hargrove, like, I'm, I'm licking my chops. And so I think that could be the difference. And I think we saw some of that last week in being able to get, if you can try to affect Jared Goff and maybe there's one weak link on the offensive line, one of the strengths, yes, San Francisco is strong all across the board. One of their strengths, in my opinion, is D-line. I, uh, I got a chance to, I mean, obviously a guy who played outside linebacker and loves watching defensive linemen play. Um, and you got a guy who's 6'7", Eric Armstead, 300. Ken Law, 6'5", freak of nature. Um, <laughs> You got Javon uh, Hargrave from from Philly having a great year, almost uh, over seven and a half sacks. Not even to mention the guys on the outside. So I think that's where I think that it's going to be a huge matchup. I think that's going to be where the game is is won and lost there, and also I'm looking at, at Detroit's DBs. I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey because I believe in this mm. game. If they allow him to have at least 150 scrimmage yards, meaning scrimmage yards, meaning the Lions' defense they are not going to win this game at their Detroit. How do you contain that guy that makes really offensively everything go for the 49ers? Well, for me, and Harry, I'd love to get your opinion on this because, like, for me, I think there's so many weapons. I go, like, there's so – I don't even think it's really all about McCaffrey in this one, to be honest. Like, I think it's going to be more about – I think it's more about, like, how does Detroit handle pressure up front? Like, they want to be a run-the-ball first football team run the ball play action there was that fourth down uh in the third quarter last week i think it was 10 10 game fourth and one gotta have a game uh, uh you know what do you do what does detroit do at the goal line they run it they hand it off and they run it like that's who they are dan campbell former tight end like that's what he wants to be but if that run is getting stuffed who has to step up yes jared goff step up but all the receivers right i'm on right every single one of those receivers has to step up i think if that if they want to be if, if the running game gets neutralized so i think it's more about Detroit in their running game than it is about McCaffrey. No, I, I, I feel the same way. I think Detroit, if they can be balanced and rush the football effectively, they have a major chance to win in this football game. If they're one-dimensional, you can chalk it up. It's a wrap. I got one thing I do want to say, though. Okay. Imagine. <laughs> let, me, let, let me just set the scene. Detroit's the most horrible team we have seen in 20, 20, 20 years, two decades. If they win. <laughs> if they win. <laughs> Harry, if, if they win the, the, football, the football match, it's American football. If they win and go to Super, Super Bowl, <laughs> it will be crazy. <laughs> eh? 
my family, <laughs> my brother, my sisters, my mother, everybody who loves Detroit will show up to uh, Los, 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 what is Sin City? Sin, Sin? I don't like Sin, but you know, this Las Vegas. <laughs> Imagine if they beat my home. If they beat my home, eh? If they beat my home, in, in fact, I would like to see Detroit and Baltimore, but if they beat my home, that would be the most, the most unbelievable uh, football match I have ever seen in my life. And we have two, two whole weeks, two whole weeks to prepare if they win. If they win on this Sunday, we have two weeks to prepare. Ah, it will be, imagine, just, just, just imagine. Eh? You're, not, you're laughing at me. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. If Detroit win this game, you will never hear the end of this Detroit. Detroit I, I am Detroit. You'll never hear if they will talk and talk and talk. Imagine, even my friend, you know, Jason, Jason Wilson, he, he does, uh, he helps people with, with, with being, becoming a man. He, has, he helps these people. Chancey Gardner Johnson, this, this Ben Johnson, the coach, I will be the most, I will be shocked. I'll be in shock. So just wait, if they win, I will come back next week. And I'll be laughing at you. And you, and you. Just imagine. I'm laughing now, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. He is always a treat, always great the knowledge. He is an FOS friend of the show. He is Sam Macho, ESPN football analyst. Analyst, excuse me. Always a great follow on Twitter at the Sam Macho. You don't have to imagine. He was just on Freddie Harry on ESPN Radio. Always great to have you on, brother. Enjoy Championship Sunday, Sam. Thanks so much. <laughs> Appreciate it, brother. Oh, my goodness. Don't forget ESPN Radio on Saturday. Get you ready for conference championships on Sunday in the NFL. Playoff preview with the pros that starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So catch it on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Along with Harry Douglas and Freddie Cohen, thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm going to go back to that question mm-hmm. that we threw at Sam Acho when it comes to these two quarterbacks. Like I mentioned, we never got Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James in the NBA Finals. By the way, four years ago, Kobe Bryant and nine others passed away in a helicopter crash. Where did that time go involving that? You all remember where you were when that happened. A very, very tragic day, not just in sports, but outside of sports. All our condolences, as usual, to the families involved in that. We never got Kobe versus LeBron in the NBA Finals or any kind of playoff. We got kind of Kobe-esque, LeBron-esque situation involving these two quarterbacks. I'm going to ask Harry Douglas, which quarterback, in his opinion, has changed the game more when it comes to Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? But check what both of these guys had to say about the play each other. Patrick Mahomes, he can't believe it. Lamar Jackson says, it's not another game, bud. Just looking at what he did in college um, and then the Ravens organization and how much success they've had uh, my entire life, I knew that the, that he was going to put him in the right position to win and uh, we were going to be playing a lot of big games, uh, AFC Championship, playoff games, whatever that was. It's cool to see that we're finally here. We're finally playing in our first playoff game against each other and uh, it's going to be a great challenge. There's no pressure at all on my shoulders or on my mind. The defense just got to do what they've been doing all season and we got to do what we're supposed to do, you know, put points on the board. And we will have nothing to worry about. You know, just everyone do their job. It's a great team, no doubt about it. You know, all phases, special teams, offense, defense. But if you score points and you stop an opposing team, you have a fair chance to win. And that's just what we need to do. All right, Harry Dulles, we got these two for an AFC championship on Sunday. Which quarterback, in your opinion, has changed the game more and why? For me, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. And the reason why I'm mentioning his name um, – he was a unanimous MVP award winner okay. some time ago. He has an opportunity to win his second MVP this year. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the adversity, right, not just coming out of college, but coming out of high school, 
and how Louisville, I believe, was the only team that would allow him to play the quarterback position. And then you had so many people tell him that, hey, you might have to switch position. This guy isn't a quarterback. He's not going to last in the National Football League. And surprisingly, we still have those idiots saying the same things, even with Lamar Jackson balling out in the manner that he is balling out. Name so calling, a, huh? Yeah, you got to. I'm going to call a spade a spade. I ain't sparing him. But you talk about the scrutiny, Freddie. Like, it's a lot of scrutiny he had to face as well okay. on top of it looking different. It looking different than what majority people say it's supposed to look like at the quarterback position with Lamar Jackson. So he's authentic in being himself, right? He, he, I love that he goes to some of these press conferences with his hair out, with his braids, right? And, and, he, and he talks the way that he talks. He's not faking the funk for anybody. He's being himself 1,000%. And then we look at the contract. Right. He was able to get a contract um, not in the ideal situation mm -hmm. of everyone else, everyone else's eyes. Right. It was the ideal situation for him to let his mom be his representation. And he got a massive contract, but it rubbed a lot of a lot of people the wrong way because they wanted it done the way it was traditionally done. But Lamar Jackson broke that cycle. But also you look at the young kids that can look at Lamar, mm -hmm. the ones in Florida, the ones in the south side of Atlanta, and they can say, you know what? I can do it because Lamar Jackson did it. And Lamar Jackson was able to do it his way. He's the face of a franchise. He's never been in trouble mm -hmm. off of the football field. He's a leader. He's a role model. So that's why I'm going with Lamar. Okay. Everything you said was spot on. I love everything you had to say about Lamar Jackson. And th that's more than accurate, in my opinion. Here's why I'm sliding the way of Patrick Mahomes. And you're right. There are plenty of kids out there. I mean, I've, I've seen young women that playing flag football. I want to I run around like Lamar Jackson. I've seen plenty of young women because flag football leagues are rising up each and every week where young girls are playing flag football. And plenty of them have said, if I could be the Lamar Jackson of my league, I'm doing pretty damn good. And I'm paraphrasing <laughs> as far as that goes. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes in terms of changing the game more because I've said this before and I'll say it again. Patrick Mahomes is the Steph Curry of the NFL. There's so many young people that want to shoot the basketball like Steph Curry, that want to do everything like that. He has made shooting the basketball not just a – prerequisite to be a terrific player but an art form because you don't have to be seven foot one and close to the basket or fly through the air like LeBron James to do that he has taken something so basic and made it like that because of his ability and the way he does it with flair and pizzazz Patrick Mahomes is that guy throwing the football for me in the National Football League and you're right the way that he runs he runs like Twinkle Toes. The old Flintstones cartoon when he got ready to throw the bowling ball down in the alley. That's how he runs the football because of Patrick Mahomes. Nate Burles from CBS Sports said the best. He runs like a new kid trying on shoes for the first time and and his feet hurt. That's what he runs like. But so many different quarter, so many different coaches have said if we can find somebody near that, if we can find somebody like that, never mind the fact he was just like Lamar Jackson, not a top pick in terms of the number one pick in the draft. Kansas City knew at least they had an idea and traded up for him. And look what he's been able to do. He's going to be a once-in-a-generational kind of quarterback. Lamar Jackson, who wins this game on Sunday, puts himself in that rarefied air because we have to look at him differently. A guy that Baltimore traded back into the first round to get and then flipped an entire offense around because of him. Both of these guys have been game changers, no doubt about that. I don't think there's a wrong answer, but to me, Patrick Mahomes has, Patrick Mahomes has become the Steph Curry of the NFL. 
a lot of young people want to play like both of these guys in the NFL. And I think that's the most beautiful thing when it comes to both of these quarterbacks is that you have so many people. You have grown-ups who want to be like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. That's true. Right? But we, we you talk about the kids and how both of them have been able to be, you know, great role models for the youth and people that, that looks up to them, that's something that you, you can't dismiss anyone and something that I, I feel like needs to be talked about more. Yeah. And we haven't even touched on the things that they're able to do within the community. Absolutely. Good point. The, the, so that's, a, that's another thing in itself. The, two mo- the one most underrated thing about both of these quarterbacks, and I'm glad that people are starting to see and hear this more, Lamar Jackson, the leaders that they are when it comes to both of those quarterbacks uh-huh. because there are plenty of people that tried to throw it out there that Lamar Jackson has not been leader enough for the Baltimore Ravens. That's why they haven't won, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Because I've seen, one, I've seen great leaders that couldn't play to save their lives. I've seen guys like him that can play to save your life, and they've been that leader. They don't have to show it or be demonstrative. They don't have to be a town crier about it. They just do. They just do their thing, and everybody respects that when it comes to Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens and Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City. And I end with this. You notice during those contract situations with Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. John Harbaugh, hey, we're going to figure it out. We're going to get it done. Absolutely. You got a guy like Lamar Jackson, you know you're going to have a job for a long time. Because John Harbaugh was not going to side with management on this one. (laughs) John Harbaugh's like, I know we'll figure it out, but if we don't, he ain't here, I don't want to be here either. Because we know exactly what kind of gem that's going to be a diamond when it comes to Lamar Jackson. Speaking of Championship Sunday, according to Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, Kyle Shanahan, the San Francisco 49ers coach, he said Debo Samuel, his wide receiver, no longer part of the injury report, and he's going to play on Sunday in that game versus the Detroit Lions. Well, look at there, uh-huh. Brother Dev. Got your mouth wide open. Close your mouth. Wait, why you, you want... bring, why you bring Devin Kane into this? Because he wants the downfall of Brock Purdy, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, no, Brother no, Dev. No, 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 no. You know what I want? What do what you, want? you want? I want all of his weapons to be available to him. Ah, so so no, when it why? don't work, no excuses. Oh, there's no Lord. excuses. And he's Brother Dev. Gardner Johnson, where you at? Oh, we know he's going where he at. I, we know it. You know it. Little boy. You, you know it's going to happen pregame. In pregame warm-ups, there's going to be a conversation or two involving those two. You I know, can't wait for it. Oh, I'm all for it. Because Debo's built like a, a middleweight boxer. CJ Gardner's not, John's not exactly that big. So your, your mouth better write a check that you're behind better cash. <laughs> If you see Jay Gardner Johnson, but according to Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider Debo Samuel, outstanding All Pro wide receiver to San Francisco 49ers, off the injury report, and he is going to play Sunday in the NFC Championship game against the Detroit Lions. One man that used to be a big part of Championship Sunday may not be in the NFL in 2024. I want winners. We can no longer attach that to Bill Belichick, especially this coaching cycle. That's next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio, the Freddie and Harry podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. 
Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together in the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. Presented by Progressive Insurance and Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Bill Belichick is still for real. But will he be a real head coach in the NFL in 2024? Doesn't seem likely. Atlanta Falcons had him in for two interviews. They hired Raheem Morris. There are two other places out there that have vacancies right now. And not one of those teams the Seattle Seahawks, and the Washington Commanders have called Bill Belichick to say, would you mind flying in for an interview or do you want us to meet you halfway? That phone has been dark ever since that second interview with the Atlanta Falcons, which seemed unfathomable about seven days ago that we were talking about Bill Belichick being Billy Idol as an I-D-L-E and not an NFL sideline for the first time since 1975. But Stephen A. Smith Host the first take, of course, on First Take, Monday through Friday, 10, 8 to 12, noon Eastern time on ESPN. He says the reason that Bill Belichick may not get a job this time around is because of what he did to Tom Brady when they were together in New England. I said this when it happened. You cannot push. You cannot be the guy that pushed Tom Brady out the door. You swear that he doesn't have it anymore. That man goes on to win a Super Bowl. And you go on the nosedive. Mm-hmm. You miscalculated. You, you, you didn't evaluate him accurately. But more importantly, you didn't show the deference and respect warranted to him. That kind of stain doesn't just resonate with players. It resonates with other executives. It resonates with other owners. I don't believe that Bill Belichick would be in this position despite his struggles. If Tom Brady had just retired and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, man, I'm going to miss this brother. He's so special. I love him to death. I wish he couldn't go. But Tom Brady said it's time to walk away. And then you're trying to retool and retool and retool. And it just didn't work out. That's not what happened. I never want to separate these two. But in a situation like this, that separation has to be part of the whole conversation. Because NFL people looked at that. Bill Belichick let it be known because he wanted to move on from Tom Brady earlier than he did. Wanted to have Jimmy Garoppolo as his starting quarterback. Tom Brady got wind of that, went to Robert Kraft, the owner, said, hey, Robert, a word? And the next thing you know, to Jimmy Garoppolo, 
He was the one that got traded to San Francisco, and Tom Brady wanted to make sure he's going to be last quarterback standing. When finally Bill Belichick was able to convince Robert Kraft, we need to move on from Tom Brady, I guarantee you Robert Kraft looked at him and said, this better work. Because if it don't work, you're not going to be here too much longer. Four years after that, Robert Kraft said, not only are we not anywhere near, but we're irrelevant in the NFL parlance when it comes to teams continuing for a championship. Mm-mm-mm. You made a decision. I went along with it. And now I'm going to make a decision. I wonder how many other people, because Harry, you said it. You just heard from Stephen A. Smith in first take. Man, if you did that to Tom Brady and didn't succeed without him, why we want to give you another opportunity when you're going to be 72 years of age in April? Freddie, we touched on this the other day. And, and I, I literally, my mind tells me that that is one of the factors that played into these teams not bringing a guy like Bill Belichick in. Now, there are other factors, but just, just think about this for a minute. You have a guy in Tom Brady who's the greatest of all time, and you push him out of the door, and he goes to Tampa, and not only do you see a ton of people want to play for him, but we've seen Tom Brady social media-wise when he was in New England, yeah. and we've seen Tom Brady social media-wise when he was in Tampa Bay. Two totally different people. Two totally different people, Freddie. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then not only that, he goes on to win that Super Bowl. So you also look at the New England Patriots from that time on. Once in four years, you're able to make the playoffs. But then you see how the quarterback position, and you draft a guy in Mac Jones, and he had, had a little bit of success his rookie season. But then he gets shell-shocked because of the, the surroundings that you placed around him in which weren't the proper guys that needed to be coaching him up as offensive coordinator or quarterback coach for him to get to where he needed to be and have that sophomore um, growth. Right. So you allow this to go down the drain, but also not bringing in talent from a skill position standpoint to try to compliment your young quarterback. This is a, this is a lead that people remembers like this. What have you done for me lately? And the six Super Bowls are glamorous, but the six Super Bowls have not transpired within the last four years. And that's also something in the back of a lot of these owners' mind, general managers' mind, uh, and whatnot. Because when you look at today's young player, you have to be able to engage that player through and through. Mm-hmm. You can't have training camp, Freddie, yeah. and you're at the facility from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. in training camp every day. Those days are over. The, the, the tension span for young men is not that long. Absolutely. So those days are over with. You have coaches now letting their players go at 6 and 7 p.m. because they understand and they have done the studies that it's humanly impossible for a young man to pay attention to football for that long period of time. So you got to be able to relate to these guys and listen to them. If a leadership committee comes to you say, hey, coach, um, do you mind if we, you know, taper it down a little bit tonight? Do you mind if we go home and, mm-hmm. and sleep in our own beds? Mm-hmm. You can't be so militant to the point where you don't pay them no mind and you want to do it your way. Yeah. Your days of being able to do that over with. You, you were able to do that in New England. <laughs> not, not moving forward. Then you look at the coaches that are hired, Freddie, right now. Bill Belichick's no spring chicken. He's 71, about to be 72. Mm-hmm. Gerard Mayo for the Patriots is 37. Antonio Pierce for the Raiders is 45. 
You have Jim Harbaugh, who is 60, but he acts like he's 30 at times, so I give him that. He has a, He's a bundle of energy. Right. Raheem Morris is 47. Dave Canales is 42. And then Brian Callahan is 39. Now, make it make sense to me, and I know everyone is looking at Bill Belichick as the greatest of all time and a six-time Super Bowl winner, Mm -hmm. but you also have to look at where the game has evolved as well. Mm -hmm. Not not that he can't have the X's and O's, but being able to relate to players. I'm going to trampoline off of that right now. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio this way. I wonder how Bill Belichick did not realize how great he had with Tom Brady. Because Bill Belichick, everybody's the same as a player. DYJ, do your job, follow coach's orders, I'll put you in position to make plays, especially when it comes to the defensive side of the football. There's no doubt he can still coach the defense because that defense was really, really good in New England, despite how poor, poor, poor that offense has been the last couple of seasons. The defense, we still know, he can put that together. But a lot of coaches who are defensive coaches, they believe offensive football, just don't turn over the football. Just don't hurt my defense. Just don't put my defense in a position why I have to overcome your mistakes. For 20 years, he never had to worry about that with Tom Brady. Tom Brady always had that side of the football handled, whether it was Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator, whether it was Bill O'Brien as an offensive coordinator. It didn't matter. That was one thing that Bill Belichick did not have to worry about for 20 years. He said, yeah, that guy's got it. I can have a coordinator with him, put the plan in place. That guy's going to go out there, and he's going to dominate. You want to know why, though? Why? Let me tell you why. Because Tom Brady was an extension of Bill Belichick for the offensive side of the ball. When Tom Brady left, I'm going to throw my hands up right now, Freddie. Who was the extension of Bill Belichick? Well, he who, tra- can, yeah. who, who can deliver the messages right. for him within the locker room exactly. on that offensive side? And that's where I was going in terms of how lucky he had it that Tom Brady always yep. got guys to buy in. No matter how much of Bill Belichick was Bill Belichick, Tom Brady's like, look, we're going to play for each other. Don't worry about him. Yeah, he's the head coach. He's the ultimate boss. He's the end all the be all. No problem. But we're going to make this work together. Ultimate player's guy when it came to Tom Brady. The minute he got to Tampa Bay, everybody, he said, even though it's COVID, we're going to have practice. Don't worry about the COVID restrictions by the NFL. And guys and showed what? up. They was there. Yeah. Even they were the, right there working with him. Even defensive guys showed up just to watch. That shows exactly how, when I say he did not realize how lucky he had it for 20 years, he had a guy that had that mentality the same way he had it, but he also knew exactly how to connect with guys, how to connect with players, and players connecting with him. Now, when you don't have that, and you got to literally start over if you're Bill Belichick, and apparently that's not going to be in 2024. Like I mentioned, he's going to go from Bill Belichick the hoodie to Billy Idol, not I-D-O-L, the rock star, I-D-L-E, as in Billy doing nothing when it comes to 2024. And if he's unwilling to do that, and I think it's more than likely, Harry, he's going to be unwilling because, like you mentioned, he's going to be 72 years of age in April. When you get older, you really get set in your ways. And if you're not able to be adaptable or be liquid or be fluid, then don't be surprised if he's not a coach again in 2025. Chris Brown has this song. It goes something like this. That grass ain't greener on the other side. <laughs> Bill Be- Belichick thought it was going to be greener without Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Well, right now. He's he, been, ro- he been rolling around in mud. Yeah, right now he has no grass, no green, no nothing. And mm-hmm. he has no job prospects, at least for 2024. Cow pastures. Even that's an improvement based on where he is right now <laughs> as far as that goes. He's used to being part of championship weekend. Well, for the last four or five years, that has not happened. 
Part of championship weekend involves making sure you get more money in your pocket by Monday. We do a little hit that number next on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. All night long. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together in the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry on Sirius X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. And you better be on ESPN Radio on Saturday. They're going to get you ready for conference championship Sunday in the NFL. Playoff preview with the Pro starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And when Monday rolls around, we want to make sure that your account has more money in it. Courtesy of Championship Sunday, you know better. Hit that number, a.k.a. NFL props over and under. We bring Bringing our man to pride of St. Bonaventure University. He is Devin Kane. He lays out the scenarios, and we hit that number right now on Freddie and Harry. Are all these lines are courtesy of ESPN Bet? Like always, Harry, let's start with you. Patrick Mahomes, over under 240 and a half passing yards. I'm going to go over because in order for the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion, to win this football game, he's going to have to go over 240 and a half passing yards. Yeah, yeah. what he said. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, Freddie. Yeah. Brock Purdy, his over-under passing touchdown number set at one and a half. Is he going to go over-under? I think he goes over that number, whether Debo Samuel, how effective he's going to be or not. That Lions secondary, oh, they're going to give up some plays. If you don't put the football on the ground or drop the football in the passing game, they're going to give up some plays if Aiden Hutchinson, that defensive line, can't get there and they can't get that pass rush and rush Brock Purdy and knock him down or hurry him out of the football, hurry the football away from his hands. So, yeah, he goes over that number. I'm going to go over as well. we got to remember Christian McCaffrey is a lethal weapon coming out of the backfield, so he's a guy that can also add to catching footballs out of the backfield. So I'm going over. All right, next up, we got Lamar Jackson, Harry, over under 64 and a half rushing, rushing yards for Lamar. Lamar Verlis, also Axon Jackson, I call him. Um, this is a game I feel like Lamar also has to be a dual-threat quarterback. He's going to have to do it with his arm and his legs. Mm-hmm. 64 and a half yards, I say he gets that, so I'll go over. My bold prediction was he would not get 50 yards rushing, so I'm going to say under. I think that <gasps> Chiefs defensive line can wall him off a little bit and corral him, maybe make him try to – run out wide and have to throw the football away. That defensive line and the way they can dial up blitz with Steve Spagnuolo, don't be surprised to try to get the ball out of his hands quickly and not have him sit back there and wait. So I'm going to say that's under 64 and a half rushing yards for Lamar Jackson on Sunday. All right, this next guy I believe I saw has a chance to break the Lions' all-time record for postseason catches. Amon Ra St. Brown, Freddie, over under seven and a half receptions. Let's say a little over because he'll catch a lot of those underneath routes, but – he may pay a heavy price with guys like Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and Ken Law running around and making those kind of plays. Those guys do not have to go out to come off the football field. So 
I say he gets it. It may not be for a lot of yards, but I'll take the over on seven and a half receptions for Mar Ross A. Brown, the wide receiver in Detroit. I'm going to go over as well. He's their most sure-handed wide receiver, or I should say pass catcher. They're going to figure out ways, Ben Johnson, that is, at the offensive coordinator, to get him the football. Jared Goff, great things happen when Amon Ross St. Brown is catching the ball for your football team. So they're going to find him early and often. That way he's going to go over. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, along with Devin Kane joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, all about making sure you have more money in your pocket by Monday, courtesy of Championship Sunday in the NFL, and props, NFL props over and under. Once again, here's Devin Kane. All right, HD, is Isaiah Pacheco over under 63.5 rushing yards for the Chiefs? Even though I believe Isaiah Pacheco is a key piece in this ball game and he must be effective, I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to go under. That defense of the Baltimore Ravens, man, they're made for the moment. They can't wait for the moment. And like Roquan Smith said last week with his cowboy hat, he's trying to make the opposing team call him daddy. Pause. Well, they're not going to call him daddy or mommy or son or whatever that is. But I think Pacheco gets a little over that. It may take 20 rushing attempts. I think he can get 65, close to 70. Sometimes it's not about the yards you get. It's make sure the defense does not make you a one-trick pony, a one-armed bandit. So it's not going to be a lot of yards, but it'll be a little bit more attempts. I could see him getting close to 70, but no more than that. All right, Freddie, last one here. Christian McCaffrey over under 86.5 rushing yards for 49ers. I'm taking the over on that one. I think he gets at least 150 scrimmage yards, and I think about 110 of that, 120 of that, is going to be running the football. That line's defensive line. They will give us some runs in the running game in that 49ers offense. They can push people back. So I'll take the over when it comes to Christian McCaffrey. I think he gets over 100 yards rushing against Detroit. So I'm going to go over, but here's why. The Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, they understand it's imperative to stop the run. They're probably going to stack the box. Brock Purdy is going to be able to get some passes off. That's going to loosen things up in the run game. Christian McCaffrey is a home run hitter. All it takes is one run, and he's closer to 86 and a half yards. So I'm going over. Yeah, one thing about that with Christian McCaffrey, he is so elusive in that passing game that whatever numbers that may be, just maybe, you won't get when it comes to Debo Samuel, who has been cleared to play on Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, that with that shoulder injury. Christian McCaffrey has shown he doesn't need a lot of wiggle room to get what he wants behind that offensive line, screens, quick outs, everything like that. He gets one-on-one coverage on those linebackers. He's going to make some hay against those guys if Detroit's not careful. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together. I'm Freddie and Harry. Hit us on Twitter. Harry's handle at hdouglas83. My handle at Coleman ESPN. College basketball action tomorrow. Florida State hosting North Carolina. Cards begins at 1.30 Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. More of your Sunday bowl predictions at 888-729-3776. And a trip to the Super Bowl means what to this quarterback. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.